And then we come to Christ, and that whole process gets completely reversed. Right. And Jesus starts speaking to us about making him the center of our universe, pleasing, living to please him rather than living to please self, caring more about what I can give than what I can receive. And 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 Jesus comes along and, and talks about things like dying to self, taking up your cross and following me. And that is completely the opposite of the way we've been taught in the world. And so as pe- preachers and teachers, we're, we're bringing a lot of this indoctrinization from the world mm-hmm. into our ministry yeah. that we have to learn to get past and jettison so that the Holy Spirit can begin to flow more freely through our lives and through our preaching. Hey, welcome to the Expositors Collective Podcast, episode 252. I'm your host, Mike Neglia. The voice that you just heard is our guest for this week, a returning guest, Pastor Paul Leboutier. Uh, Paul has been the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ontario in Oregon for 32 years, and he is close to completing his third time teaching through the entire Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Uh, Because of this, he's a a wise and seasoned saint, and I loved getting a chance to sit down with him face-to-face in Boise, Idaho, for a conversation about a lot of things, but we speak about the difference between like a healthy self-awareness and then an unhealthy self-obsession. He also recalls the story of being thrown into ministry uh, way too young and straight into the deep end, and then also how he is handling being an unlikely YouTube sensation. So speaking of YouTube, uh, did you know that you can follow this podcast not only on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcast apps, but, but we also have a YouTube channel. Sometimes it's going to feature videos, of the interviews. Um, Sometimes it'll be videos of our main sessions that are recorded. Other times, like this week, it's just going to be a still image with the audio playing. But, you know, it's just one more way to get this content out there. And hopefully it's going to encourage some Bible teachers in their personal study and public proclamation of God's word. So if you didn't know that, now you do. And if you could Go give us a follow over there. If you could smash that like button, uh, it'll probably increase the likelihood of someone else seeing it and then them being helped. And then through them, their congregations and their hearers can be blessed as well. I'd appreciate if you could do that. And now here's my conversation with Paul Leboudier. Hey, welcome to the Expositors Collective Podcast. I'm here with Paul Leboutier, and we're in beautiful Boise, Idaho, and we've carved out some time to talk about uh, preaching. Paul, how are you doing this morning? I'm well, thank you. Uh, so you have been here. This is kind of, we finished up day one. We're about to start day two yep. of our Expositors Collective. What's it like? What do you think? Well, I think it's been great. I think, you know, giving, you know, people tools for teaching and preaching is just absolutely amazing. Uh, Like I shared in my session when I was talking yesterday, I wish I would have heard these things when I was younger, a younger man, because I didn't have a lot of good role models and I had to kind of uh, go outside of where I was at the time to find some of those teaching role models and to be able to get the things that these people are getting, just the, the, the tools, the tips is just incredible. Okay. So to hone in on that, yeah. 
what do you wish that young Paul would have heard all those years ago? Well, the things that, you know, were emphasized here, obviously, you know, Christ-centered preaching. Um, th- that is so critical, so key, making making Jesus the, the focal point of of everything that we're saying and, and understanding that the, the thread of, of knowing more about Christ is there throughout yeah. the entire Bible. That is something that was never conveyed to me in my earlier years, and I wish it would have been. And um, and I think that is probably one of the biggest and most critical points. And of course, learning to just simply outline a passage, yeah. that can set people free, because otherwise you feel like you're swimming yeah. in a sea of information, even yeah. though you may not be dealing with a lot of verses. Sometimes, like A.W. Tozier used to say, there's an ocean of truth in a drop of speech, yeah. and he can look at one verse, or we can look at—there's so much there. How do I begin to make sense of it? And I think that the uh, the session on just learning to outline, laying out what the passage is saying and so forth, is super helpful. You know, I've, I've heard— those two often yeah. be cited as like the big game changers yeah. for people. One yeah. of them is more philosophical, yeah. and the other one is incredibly practical. Yes, and uh, yeah, oftentimes people can like get involved in ministry for for years yeah. without that high level, yeah. very important Christ centered piece. Yeah, and then also that on the ground. Let's just be a little bit more organized. Yeah, let's just let's have a, a form and a pattern that serves yeah. us and serves the people well. Yeah, my wife loves when I get organized, <laughs> and she she always kind of you know praises me when I when I share something from the Word that starts with an organizational structure. She yeah. likes it when I say, "Here's what we're going to be covering today. Here are the points I'm going to be covering." Yes, and then and 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 she she says that she feels the room kind of power down. Really, you know, really? when there is a, a roadmap. Yeah. that is kind of laid out. Yeah, yeah, it's a gift. It is a yeah. gift. Um, all right, so we were talking about some of the, the early years of your ministry yeah. and what you wish that you knew, but I want to go all the way back okay. to your the first sermon that you ever preached. Again, yeah. not that ministry is all sermons, and yeah. you were probably serving the Lord and people before you preached that sermon. Not, not much. Is that right? No, it was way too fast. I am kind of the quintessential <laughs> raised up too quickly person. Okay. You know, because I was— Me too. Me, My really? condolences. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you made it. Yeah. I'm glad you made it. Glad we made it through. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. um, you know, I, I really opened my heart to the Lord when I was about 15, but I really didn't get serious about Jesus until I was 25. Okay. And it, it came about through some pretty difficult issues in my marriage with Sue. Sue and I were really struggling. We weren't walking with the Lord. We weren't attending church mm-hmm. for the first five years of our marriage. And so when, when the Lord got a hold of our hearts, brought us to him— together in a fairly short period of time, we got kind of buttonholed, you know, to come right away into youth ministry. And, and, oh. and it, was, it was kind of given to us in the sense of, well, why don't you come and just help in the youth ministry? Well, as soon as we got there, the person that was leading the youth thought, okay, we got fresh meat. I'm out of here. Yeah. So literally, Sue and I were left in a place of starting to share the word. And I was I was so new and so fresh in the whole process of figuring out what God's word has to say. I was literally learning things, you know, on Monday yeah. and teaching them to the kids on Wednesday. Yeah. And so that was it was challenging, but it was exciting at the same time. So those were the first those were the first opportunities that I had to share the word. And with such a recent discovery, yeah. followed by the the, the teaching moments, like, yeah. 
was you kind of hope the kids wouldn't ask any follow-up questions? No, I never was like, really bothered kids, by this that. Is all I got. <laughs> no, yeah, no. I mean, I was learning with them, and yeah. we were figuring things out together, and it was kind of the process of discovery for all of us. Yeah. And frankly, I'll be honest with you, there were kids in my youth group that were more mature than I was mm-hmm. in the sense of having walked with the Lord longer, even though they were teenagers. Yeah. Some of them were raised in good, solid Christian homes. And they probably had a better handle on the word, but but you know they they respected me and and they knew that I was working through these things just like they were. Wow, wow! What 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 two <laughs> what two way grace that's, that was on display there? Exactly. Okay, so you mentioned that you started probably too early, and then yeah. it was it was until later that you understand those two important bits of the Christ centeredness yeah. and outline. How yeah. did you discover Christ centeredness? Well, you know, I, I a lot of these things came so slowly and subtly that yeah. it's kind of hard to pinpoint exactly when, but it was when I really started listening to teachers, okay. um, because after we had worked as youth ministers for a period of time, they brought me on staff as a youth pastor, and then the pastor, and this was an independent Bible church, the pastor said, well, Paul, it kind of looks like you're serious about sticking with this, so maybe you should go do some Bible college. Mm-hmm. So he sent me off. My wife and I, we had a five-month-old baby at the time, uh, to the Seattle area where I attended Bible college for about a year. But while I was there, I got a job in the one industry where I was hireable, and that was radio. And I got into Christian radio in Seattle, and I started hearing genuine, solid Bible teachers. That's where I started hearing Pastor Chuck every day. And David Hawking was on the radio with the Biola Hour. And, you know, Chuck Swindoll was on the radio. And and there were all the, you know, these guys that we tend to kind of think about. And this was in the uh, 1980s. And I started hearing how they presented the Word of God. And that Christ-centered message was just so prevalent and so powerful. And I was hooked, absolutely hooked from that point on. Well, I've never worked in radio, yeah. um, so I, I kind of imagine that you, you you press play and the music or the the program goes, and you go do other things. Yeah, but you were sitting there listening. Well, you know, I worked for a radio station that had an AM and an FM, and the AM was the was the where they did all the radio the teaching Got programs. It. I was working on the FM side, yeah. so I was listening to the AM when I wasn't on the radio. Ah, <laughs> you know, so in okay. the evenings and that sort of thing, I was listening to and taking notes feverishly. I remember my very first study through the Book of Romans. Yeah. Uh, with a Bible teacher, and yeah. it was just mesmerizing. And I was shocked at how much I could learn wow. in a short period of time. So during that time period, so you were learning from two sources. You were learning from the AM radio, and you were learning from the Bible college that you attended. Yeah. I don't want to throw one under the, under the bus, but like, what, what was more educational? What, what was more formative? Oh, wow. You know, I think they were pretty close because okay. in, in Bible college— you know, you, you do a lot of reading, mandatory reading, and, yeah. and that was good for me because yeah. I'm not a voracious reader as far as things other than the Word. And and so that was that was really um, an eye-opening learning time. But I, I think that they were pretty close. Wow. Well, yeah, no, no, I'm not trying to cast aspersions yeah, yeah. on the Bible college yeah. or also even overhype the, the radio, but, you yeah. know, it, so— so you were enriched by the in-person teaching yeah. and then also by the recorded teachings yeah. of Chuck Smith, Chuck, Chuck Swindoll, yeah. um, David Hawking, yep. and probably more. And, and others. Uh, I'd love to speak to you about, I guess, the capacity for the the sermon, the preaching that takes place in one environment and then is recorded and then broadcast 
elsewhere. Okay. And so I've become aware of you, you know, years and years ago because of your presence on YouTube. Yeah. The Calvary Chapel Ontario um, YouTube account is like omnipresent. It's <laughs> all over the place. I've, I, I can't help but encounter it over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, so what, how did that come about? And, and, and how are you dealing with, I suppose, I don't know what being a a YouTube celebrity, if I might, if I might use that language, <laughs> at least a Bible teacher on YouTube. Um, it, it came about very simply, actually. You know, we we wanted to find an online uh, presence for um, my stuff, just so that people in our fellowship who were missing a Sunday, yeah. got sick, went on vacation, whatever, could just keep up, you know, with the studies. And we tried some other things before YouTube. Because this was back in, you know, this was around 2000, uh, maybe 2009 when we started thinking, okay, we need to upload things. Well, around 2011, we got the idea to, to do it on YouTube. You know, it's free. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the big thing. It was mm-hmm. free. And um, so we just started putting teachings up on YouTube and telling our people that's where you can find it. Yeah. N- absolutely no idea, no expectation that anybody outside our fellowship would ever listen. In fact, I remember thinking to myself when I when I first started getting feedback from people outside our fellowship, yeah. I thought you're doing something pretty dangerous. I didn't think getting onto YouTube to listen to a Bible teacher was really frankly a very good idea really? because there's a lot of whack jobs that are on, you know, YouTube mm-hmm. spouting their unbiblical, you know, message and and their heresies and so I I wouldn't have encouraged our people necessarily to go there searching out Anybody, yeah, just that, type in a passage and see sure, what comes up. No, it doesn't sound like a smart idea at all. But you know, the thing just it grew and it grew, and we started getting more people subscribing. And I, so, what we started doing in those early days is we started praying that the Lord would would get into places, um, you know, like Muslim countries and th- places like that, where mm. listening to the Bible in a more public way might be ev- dangerous or antisocial for them. And yet something they could do in their own private sort of um, situation. And, you know, the Lord just got a hold of it. And then, of course, when COVID hit, that Mm -hmm. was a huge growth thing. So how has it affected me today? There is, you know, I I get emails from, well, people all over the world every day, and people tell me, you know, you're my pastor. I don't live in this on the same continent, mm-hmm. but you're my pastor. Okay. So I spend about two hours a day just answering Bible question emails. No um, way. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Wow. At least two hours a day. Have you done it today yet? I started, yeah. Did I you? Did some. Yeah, I did. Mostly I caught up last night when we went back to the hotel. Wow. Wow. So, okay. What do you think about that phrase, mm-hmm. you are my pastor? Mm-hmm. How, how, how does that make you feel? And what what is your typical response when someone calls you your, their pastor? Well, I don't really make a whole lot out of it, you know, and I, I know what they mean by that. They're, okay. they're basically saying, you're the one right now who's kind of speaking into my life okay. through the Word. And, and I know that ultimately they need to find a good local fellowship, and I'm, I'm very active in plugging people into local churches. I, yeah. I, I, I found ways to, to get people to search and find a good Bible teaching church. It is hard, yeah. and 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 understandably hard when you get into some countries, yeah, where right. yeah. traveling is difficult, yeah. where churches are few because maybe there's a stronger non-Christian presence. And and when people say to me, "Listen, I've looked. There's no Bible teaching church within hours of my home." 
I have to say, well, okay, you're, you are where you are. Mm-hmm. You're doing what you can do at this time in your life and, and for the geography of where you live to, to, to do your best to stay in the word, to stay spiritually fed, and to move forward. And sometimes that's, it's, it is what it is, and it's got to be what it is yeah. for now. Wow. You know? But obviously people need a personal touch, and that, that's hard. That's the difficult heart part of it because I do get people who send me their phone number or their WhatsApp address and, and they want to talk personally and I can't do that. Yeah. So yeah. I have to just limit it to, well, you're just going to have to listen online and that's how we're going to have to talk for now. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. What a, yeah. what a, what a unique, in all the history of the world, what a unique circumstance that's, that, well, that you found yourself in. It's for today. You know, it's a thing that God is doing today. And yeah. that's the thing we have to realize is that, you know, a couple of generations ago, I mean, this wasn't impossible sure. yeah. to do this sort of a thing. And yet now it is, and God is using it. And that's yeah. what's cool is to see, I, I love seeing the hunger in people to, to not just to hear a sermon. They want to know what books of the Bible mean. They're, they're, they're looking at it more on a book level. Okay. I want to yeah. know what the book of Lamentations is all about, you know, for example. I want to understand Isaiah and what it says to me today, you know. Uh, how does the book of Joshua, how, do, how, does, how does Leviticus yeah. apply to my life? I've yeah. tried, it's funny, you know, when, when, when COVID hit, people started, I started hearing things from people where they would say, well, I couldn't go to church, I couldn't go to my regular Bible study, so I st- decided if I'm if I if I can't go to church and if I can't even go out of my house in some cases, yeah. I'm going to read through the Bible. I'm, if, I've always wanted to do this, so they started reading through the Bible, and you know they get through Genesis and Exodus, and it's all pretty good. Yeah, you know? first half. They, yeah. they run into Leviticus, yeah. you know, and they're like, okay. Mold and mildew and running sores. What do I do with this? Uh-huh. You know, where uh-huh. where is the a- application? So they they start looking for help, and I've heard it over and over. And pe- people will say, "That's when I got online, really, to st- yeah, to start really? looking for help to understand." Because I wanted to read through the. I figured it's God's word, yeah, and it's time. there for a reason. But I don't get this, and I don't understand the application of a book like Leviticus. Um, so they started getting online. That's where they find online teachers yeah. such as myself, and they get hooked. Yeah. And w- yeah. was there was there a big spike in your yeah. numbers in yeah. Leviticus? Did you do Leviticus? No, not not, oh, not okay. in just Leviticus. Okay, I was just, imagining some giants. <laughs> no, the you big know, spike. Let's say late March, a bunch of Leviticus. Yeah. Searches. No, the big spike was in the Book of Revelation. Oh, oh of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For obvious but, reasons. Yeah. But um, but the the subscription spike was you know within a year I think we we went up about a hundred thousand subscribers. Mad. That's mad. Yeah. So yeah, on the one hand, hearing hearing about those kind of pastoral thorny issues, yeah. and you know, even the sadness of like to think of someone sending you their number, like you know, call, and you're not really able to do that. That's right. that's kind of a sad thing. And I, yeah. of course, I'm thinking of like church polity, church, you know, discipline and membership, and Hebrews thirteen seventeen, and all these kind of challenging things, you know. Yeah. And those, those are some challenging issues. Yeah. But like, I don't want to focus on the challenging issues. Um, above and beyond that wonderful blessing of yeah. like people seeking out and curious about understanding the Bible and how it works and yeah. and being you know un- under your influence pointing them towards Christ and yeah. towards His Word. Yeah, so, it's one of those situations where you do what you can do. Yeah. It's, you have to. You can't focus on what you can't do. Yeah. or what it, what this can't be. This relationship. There are certain things this relationship can't be. Yeah, but let's do what we can do for now, mm-hmm. and uh, let's grow in Christ. Yeah. 
well, this is totally fascinating. And I realize it's completely irrelevant to so many of our listeners yeah. because, because again, what you've stumbled into, yeah. like most people haven't, yeah. you know? And so right. this is like interesting, but like what you're experiencing in a bigger picture is what I think probably most preachers and teachers today are experiencing. It's like you are caring for a local church, yeah. but it is recorded and it is broadcast yes. on podcast and YouTube and et cetera. Right. I think most of us have that. You know? yeah. and, and if we didn't have a live stream before COVID, we all do now. Sure. And it, and it still is there. And so there is that thought of like, I'm caring for these people, yeah. but also there is that webcam in the corner. Yeah. And so this is going there. Right. What? How have you na- navigated preaching faithfully to these people with an awareness that, you know, for every person in the room, there's probably like, what, a thousand people mm. not in the room right. that are listening and going to benefit from it. Right. How, do, how do you balance that? I, you know, it, it's, it's I, I don't, I really don't really try to, I don't even think about that much. Is that right? when, I'm, when I'm teaching, you know, there may be, there may be two or 300 people in front of me at the time, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about them. They're, they're the faces I'm looking yeah. at, and I'm just going to minister to them, and I'm going to do my best to, to, to discern the Holy Spirit's direction for that particular audience and what I'm sharing through the Word of God. And I'm going to leave the rest kind of up. I feel like I need to leave the rest up to the Holy Spirit because I don't have a physical connection with these other people. Yeah. It's there's there's a virtual connection, but that's it's kind of intangible, you know. And I don't I don't see them, I don't talk to them on a regular basis. Um and so I have to leave that up to what just the Lord's ability to to touch them long distance. Yeah. And I think that you're you're stewarding it well, and there's probably do, you know hundreds of people that that wish that they could be famous on YouTube, and maybe it's, it's like the Lord's <laughs> kindness that they're not, you know. Yeah. And so I think yeah. that the way that He's yeah honoring what you've been doing, um, and I think yeah you're you're the type of person that should be famous, you know, or should be should be teaching people on a broad way, sorry, in a broad scale, yeah. um, the meanings of God's words. Yeah. Well, I hope so. Well. I know, sorry, it's weird to receive a compliment. You know, <laughs> <go on away. laughs> yeah, right. Um, okay, so you spoke yesterday, yep. and you talked about like your sermon prep rhythm, yeah. and and the recording of that will be probably the previous episode on on this podcast. So okay. people will have heard it. Okay. Um, what do you wish that you also said? Because you only got seventeen minutes. Oh, I wish I would have uh, talked uh, more about the the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and just the role of the Holy Spirit in not just in not just prep. I wish I could have gone on a little bit further and even talked about the role of the Holy Spirit in delivery. Yeah. Because there those are things that don't often get taken into consideration. We we sometimes go through the prep process of putting together a teaching or sermon or whatever the case might be. And we kind of feel like that's that's the whole work of the Holy Spirit, you know. But there's so much in the delivery, there is a prophetic element yeah. to teaching. And people often don't realize that. That that there are times uh as a teacher is conveying the word where the Holy Spirit lays something for right here, right now, these people, and and that might be first service, but not second service. Mm-hmm. And, and there's something that God wants me to say or to, to camp on more in this service than in that one. And, and that is such an important part mm-hmm. of, um, of what we do that goes even extends beyond the, the, the physical prep. Yes. How do you develop a sensitivity to that? Well, I, that's a really good question. I was sharing with my group yesterday that one of the biggest challenges as a teacher over the years has been getting out of the way of the Holy Spirit. Okay. And, and what I mean by that is the more, the more aware I am of Paul, 
the less aware I am of the Holy Spirit. So if there's something going on in my life or in my body mm-hmm. where I'm feeling weird or I've got some kind of an emotional something happening because something outside of the whole process of teaching took place, I find personally that it's more difficult to yield to the work of the Holy Spirit while teaching. Um, but when I can get out of the way mm-hmm. and when I can become less self-aware, yeah. I mean, self-awareness to me is the, is the death knell of teaching. It really is. Mm-hmm. And, and that was what was challenging in the early years of teaching because I hadn't gotten over, you know, the jitter part of being in front of people because being in front of people is very difficult. I was sharing with my group yesterday that, you know, people have a genuine fear of speaking in front of other people. Some people fear it more than death itself. And so you have to get over that so that self gets out of the way and the Holy Spirit can can minister through you. Otherwise, I'm a clogged channel. I'm a clogged vessel if there's a bunch of Paul in the way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. Self-awareness is the death knell of preaching. Yeah. Very strong words. Yeah. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of what John the Baptist says, you know, I must decrease and, yeah. and he must increase. Right. Uh, what do you think about uh, what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 5? He says that um, we do not preach ourselves, but mm-hmm. Christ Jesus the Lord and our servants for your sake. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems to be saying that there is, and you could, I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Like, is he saying also that like Christ is the hero and also I am communicating myself as myself mm-hmm. or that he, he is communicating Christ through his own personality. Yeah. What are your thoughts on on that? I don't Paul wanna... was Paul was a gutsy guy. Sure. I mean, he he was not afraid to say, "Follow my example as I follow Christ," mm-hmm. and he was he was constantly putting himself out there as an example and saying, um, "Remember the way we lived when we were among you. Yeah. Remember the things that we did. Remember the way we dealt with issues. Remember the way we dealt with persecution." And he was he was giving his life, laying his life out as an example, which is which is wonderful and unique, and um, and and I think that's what he's kind of talking about there okay. when he's talking about preaching Christ and then also preaching through my life. Yeah. I'm constantly preaching as I live my life, as I love my wife, as I raise my children, and so forth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for that that, that pushback. I'm not trying to, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's very strong words, and uh, I think that there we we're probably in. Again, we talked about like the the challenges of this age, yeah. the, the the unique time that we're in. Yeah. Probably people that are more self aware than than ever before. I I think so. I think so. I mean, we we live in a culture that is you know. We're, we're constantly thinking about therapy. Yeah. We're constantly thinking, well, we're constantly thinking about ourselves. The, yeah. I don't know that we're doing it more. I think we've maybe got more opportunities to do it. We're being encouraged by our culture to put ourselves in that position of um, importance. Yeah. Uh, every, every movie, secular movie you see now is all about being happy, and, and I just want you to be happy, and mm-hmm. I'm looking for my happiness. And it's, and it's all very self-centered. Um, obviously, that's that's we all have the seed of that in us yeah. from the fall. Um, but we're being encouraged by the world to make it paramount in our lives. And then we come to Christ and that whole process gets completely reversed. Right. And Jesus starts speaking to us about making him the center of our universe, pleasing, living to please him rather than living to please self, caring more about what I can give than what I can receive and 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 Jesus comes along and and 
talks about things like dying to self, taking up your cross and following me. And that is completely the opposite of the way we've been taught in the world. And so as pe- preachers and teachers, we're, we're bringing a lot of this indoctrinization from the world mm-hmm. into our ministry yeah. that we have to learn to get past and jettison so that the Holy Spirit can begin to flow more freely through our lives and through our preaching. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe even the phrase self-awareness, I mean, maybe is a, are you getting that self-obsession, um, self-centeredness? Self-absorption. Absorption. Yeah. 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 Okay. And we live in a very self-absorbed culture. Very much, yeah. Yeah. So, so, and that, and that's, I believe, I believe that self-absorption is the primary cause of mental illness and uh, physical illnesses. And it's certainly um, one of the bigger issues behind unbelief. Hmm. Because I am fixated on myself yeah. rather than fixated on Jesus and what, you know, when, when people come to me and they say, I just, I just can't believe that he's forgiven me. Right. Well, what they're doing is they're saying, I'm looking at my sin and I'm not looking at the Savior. I'm not looking at how much he suffered. I'm looking at how much I did as a sinner. And that has become the biggest issue in my life. And now it has, it has generated this unbelief. Yeah. And it's it's a real hurdle to get over. Yeah. We I have to constantly tell people you got to get over yourself. Wow. <laughs> well, thank you for bringing us in on that. Uh final final question Paul. Yeah. So, here we are. It's it's nearly the end of 2022. Yeah. If we were to jump 12 year 12 months into the future, okay. the end of 2023. Okay. How do you hope to have like improved as a Bible teacher by then? I I'm I'm constantly wanting to uh, listen more carefully and closely to the Holy Spirit. I want to hone my ability to communicate. There's, you know, I, I've been doing this for almost 40 years, and I still struggle with certain um, ways of communicating okay. in terms of I want to get away from you know. I want to get away from uh, even now. You know, I've gotten better. There's grammatical things that that I want to get better at because I don't want anything that I do to become a hindrance to people hearing the message just because Paul struggles with saying this particular phrase too often yeah. to the point where it becomes their their attention is fixated on you know my little verbal tick rather than the message so i want to constantly improve in the way i communicate and one of the things i was sharing in our question and answer session last night was uh, learning, learning from good speakers, listening to good Bible teachers and speakers, and picking up tips on how they accurately and efficiently communicate their message. Yeah. There's things that we can learn, a lot of things we can learn from people that have been doing it for a while. Yeah. You, you mentioned a few kind of like, you know, radio preachers that yeah. really influenced yeah. or, or helped you to understand this Christ centrality. Yes. Um, do you have any? Who Who are just some good, plain old speakers? Who are some good models? Who are some well known or maybe some unknown mm-hmm. uh, people who you think model communicating well? You know, I never really thought about it until I got saved. So yes. I don't really have any secular examples. Sure, that's fine. <laughs> because it just really wasn't. It wasn't much of an issue. It didn't really come up. Um, but since getting saved and and and, and that sort of thing. Um, I mean, I, I loved listening to, to Pastor Chuck Smith. Just, I, I loved his long pauses, you know, for effect. And, uh, and, and that was just, it, that really helped me to, to learn to slow down. 
But um, I mentioned even last night that uh, Damien Kyle from Calvary Chapel Modesto was yeah. just a real mentor. And I only met him a couple of times and chatted a couple of times with him. But but back in the day, I used to send for his sermons on cassette tape and they'd send me a book at a time. And I would just, I would listen to the way he communicated. And he was, he was so, well, is so um, genuine and um, clear and concise. And, yeah. and I really appreciated that. And, and, uh, and then some of the others actually w- was communicating through writing. I, I read a lot of A.W. Tozier. Okay. I loved the way Tozier communicated the truth. I loved his thought processes. And I've tried to adopt some of those in my own speaking. Yes. Well, thank you very much. We'll have we'll have links. What's what's the best Tozer book to start with? I think Knowledge of the Holy okay. is the best one to start with. It's the one that the first one I was given. Yeah. And uh, I think after that, the pursuit of God is probably second. But Knowledge of the Holy is good because it not only gives you a good uh, introduction to Tozer, but it's all about the attributes of God, and which yeah. is a great study just for understanding the nature of God, who He is, and how we relate to Him. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Paul. I yeah. uh, really enjoyed uh, spending this time with you. And thanks for investing in the young and new Bible teachers here in Boise. And uh, for the listeners, I hope that this episode and all that we do at the Expositors Collective helps you to grow in your personal study and public proclamation of God's Word. Thanks, Paul. God bless. So thanks so much, Paul. And thanks to you for listening all the way to the end. A few minutes ago, he mentioned a Q&A panel that he was on. And that was recorded, and that's going to be on our podcast feed later on in 2023. So make sure that you're subscribed so that every Tuesday you get content like that delivered to your device automatically. Next week, there's an interview with Dave Lomas from Reality San Francisco. And so make sure that you're subscribed so you get that one. All right. Have a great week. Catch you next Tuesday for another episode of the Expositors Collective Podcast. Oh, 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 oh,